This podcast was recorded on the ancestral lands on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. This is Humans on Rights, a podcast advocating for the education of human rights. Here's your host, Stuart Murray. International Day of Persons with Disabilities is December 3rd. That was declared as such by the United Nations General Assembly. My goal was to try to reach out to an educator and advocate who could talk about the importance of International Day of Persons with Disabilities. And I have been blessed, and I mean blessed, to have been able to make the acquaintance of Alex Litwin. So, Alex, I'm going to welcome you to Humans on Rights, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about you before we get into our conversation. But welcome to Humans on Rights. Thank you, Stuart. So, Alex Litwin has cerebral palsy and is in a power chair. Alex is from Winnipegosis, which for those that need a bit of geography lesson here in Manitoba, it's about four hours north of Winnipeg. Now, Alex has a business administration and an applied counseling certificate. He's a video coach for the under-18 AAA Parkland Rangers Hockey Club. He is an ambassador for Manitoba Possible, and we're going to get into talking about that role, Alex. And of course, it says on your, this is on your bio, Alex, that you're the host of the social media sensation called Can I Come In? So that's got to be pretty amazing. We'll talk about that. And you're an entrepreneur. You started your own business, Willpower Media. So we got lots and lots to cover, but I just want to, and I'll make sure that everybody, Alex, gets a chance to go to your website to see some of these things because you're very active on social media. And I just saw a video of you, Alex, scaling the side of a skyscraper. I think it's the Manitoba Hydro Building. You were on a platform in your power chair going down the side of that building. What was that like? That was the most, one of the most amazing things that ever happened. Why I did that? No, I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> I did it because it was a, a fun way to imagine possible. And it was a that day. We raised almost $70,000 for them. And it was amazing. You know, it wasn't too bad. During the day, you know, I was talking to people doing interviews, you know, and I felt pretty good. But then, once I got up the roof, it was like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> and I was, I was looking at the books, flying past my house. I hope they can me. I hope I fall. But it was, it was awesome. You know, I was, as I was going down the building, I remember looking up in the sky and I, I said, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm here. But at this moment, I am free. Yeah, I'm a major. I'm a major. But I'm enjoying the view and life isn't too bad. So I took the time to embrace my fear. And as I went, when down, I gotta realize, you know what, no matter what gets in the way, it doesn't matter. We always, 
have a way to do stuff. You know, it was it was a reality that really got me. You know, I come home or I go in public and people would say, Hey, you're the guy. I was like, I would never do that. I just, I just can't. And, you know, I tell people that it's okay to be scared, but you can't let the fear control you. Honestly, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of heights. But, you know, when I overcame my fear and I helped my supervisor, it filled me with such joy. That I am just an old Just to know that I made a difference. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing story, Alex. Thank you for sharing. Uh, raising money for Manitoba Possible, maybe being slightly afraid, but overcoming that fear—it's something that you have done constantly in your life. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I just want to say again, it's one of these things, Alex, that uh, your ability and your pride in in advocating for not only people with cerebral palsy, but clearly with uh, people. Uh, that have disability, uh, you are a champion in in so many ways. So let's let's talk a little bit about that, Alex. One of the things that you've done is you become a video coach for the under eighteen AAA Parkland Rangers Hockey Club. You're obviously a huge hockey fan. How did you get involved in in becoming a hockey fan? Well, all my life I've been involved in my hockey. My two brothers play hockey all my life. And I was always a big fan. And I watched all the games. And I watched all the games on TV. That's one of my beliefs. That's my team. And I, I always wanted to be involved in the game. So I, I wanted to do more. So one day, I reached out to my local survey team. And I explained who I was and what I could do. And they were nice enough that I went to the Golden South. And uh, it's been a great two years. So, Alex, I know that you indicated that you're a big hockey fan. You watch hockey all the time. And that you just dropped in there that you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So I'm not sure if you're popular in and around the place of Winnipeg Osis. I will, uh, I will just confess to you, Alex that I grew up in the original six. And so I don't want to say this too loudly here in Winnipeg, but yes, I true have an affinity for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, see, there we go. At least we got something in common. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So here's the thing. You're 37 years old. Yeah. I'm a little older than Alex. So you have never seen the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. I have. I think I was about seven. Well, good for you, and I, I hope to see you play We'll see. <laughs> we will see for sure. So, Alex, uh, that's a fantastic way to, to really sort of start our conversation about some of the things that you have embraced, understanding that at the early stages of your life, having cerebral palsy was, was difficult and challenging. It, it wasn't... Uh... I remember the first day I realized I was disabled. I was sitting on the kitchen floor and my brother walked by me. And I tried, I wanted to go with him. 
So I tried to sign up, and I fell to the floor. And it was a bloody floor that I knew my life wasn't going to be the same. Everything was a little bit harder. But at the same time, I knew I was here for a reason. And just because my life was different doesn't mean I had to be bad. So um, every day I live my life, I try to show people that no matter what's in your way, you can always get through it. And Alex, I you look at the fact that you had a younger brother and reading from your mother, Sherry, who talked about understanding that there was a difference between you and your brother. But as you say, that you knew all along that you were going to have some challenges. And at that point, it's pretty easy to say that you have come through a very challenging younger side of your life, Alex, and have decided that even though you knew your life was going to be a bit more difficult and challenging, you decided that you were going to meet that challenge head on and make a massive contribution, which you continue to do. Well, thank you for that. I have two younger brothers, and they both taught me how to be myself. So every day we would do that. We would just use one second. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. While you're taking a moment, Alex, let me just let our listeners know that having grown up with a younger brother in your household, it has never affected or stopped you from becoming the person that you are today. And when we look at the fact that you have not only come through a very, very difficult time, which we'll, we can talk about, but the fact that you've been able to become through uh, your being a, a disability advocate is what you've done. And it's something you take tremendous pride in. When did you decide, Alex, that you were going to be somebody who was saying, look, I am a human. I may have some issues that are different than others, but I am going to make a contribution to society and be a leader. Well, that's a it be when I was in the high school. Yeah. Because when I, when I entered high school, I realized that, you know, life isn't. I used to be, I used to be a story of myself and think, oh, why me? Why myself? But then I realized that didn't mean nothing. I'm here. I can live my, my life my way. If someone doesn't understand me and want to be with me because of my disability, that's not my problem. See, Stuart, I used to worry about what other people think, how they used to look at me, how they used to think of me, and I used to try to be somebody at work. I used to try and hide my disability, my disability and try to be, try to be able-bodied. All I did is create more, more hardship for me and my family. So it was in early times ago that I realized, you know what, I'm here and this is me, so just deal with it. And it's a bloody force 
I, I want to spread my message of positivity and for people that the harder challenge would be the reward. Well, and Alex, I would say that, again, to take the attitude that you are who you are, and if people have issues, it's their problem, not yours. You're very, very clear. And, and I'm going to just say, as you and I are chatting, I will post on the media notes that are part of this podcast, Alex, some of the stuff you've written, like the some of you are a, a journalist, you've written things for CBC, you're a freelance journalist. I will post some of that on this website so they can read it because I was fascinated by your story around trying to go into a major supermarket and your challenge of trying to open the door. But I, I want to just come into that, Alex, and talk about the importance of somebody that uh, has come into your life and unfortunately is no longer, but I want to explore the four years that you had as your companion, your service dog, Fanta. Yeah, well, thank you. Fanta was the best thing in my life for four years. And she still is. And she was a laboratory. And she would have everything picking up things to open the doors, to help me get dressed, to help me do laundry. It just means if I, wherever I need help with. And uh, I had it for four years, and then as you guys say, it ultimately passed away. But it was during the four years that she taught me so much. She taught me to embrace my was. You know, before Panda, I used to go to, in public, I used to go to the store to go over to the movies. Right? Anyway, I used to, I used to wonder, you know, am, am I supposed to be here? What is something good for? What if I can't open the door? What is something to see me in the window? You know, what if I get stuck in the snow? And, and you know, Having Panda with me, she took away all my fear, and she she made me feel able-bodied. And what I mean by that is, when I was with Panda, I wasn't disabled. I could do anything you, you could do. If I needed the door open, she could bug for help. If I needed something off the shelf, she, I could tell her what to do and she grabs. And now that she's gone, to be very honest with you, Stuart, I'm having a lot of mental issues, and I have anxiety, and I it's not the same without it. And the thing I miss the most about the fact is, you know, when I'm, when I'm having a bad day, and I had nobody here with me, fans were always here to listen. And no matter what, I was having a she was here, and I could tell my bubbles. If she would come and put a hand on my lap, and then I feel better. But now that she's gone, it's up to me to find better ways to cope with my anxiety. And so, yeah, it's not easy. But I wanted to tell people, I want to tell a couple of things. One, Cherish your pets. People think 
story about Fanta having uh, a guide dog become, as you say, it's not a pet. It was, was a family member. I mean, so close to you. And you shared this when we chatted uh, before that if you, if you ever needed uh, a hug from having a bad day, that Fanta was there to do that for you or things like, you know, help you with laundry, open a door, just be there as, as really your soulmate. Exactly. So, and nowadays, with her not being here, uh, like every door seems to be closing me. And when she was with me, every door I need to open will be open. You know, it's funny. When I used to go in public by myself, people would see me as, oh, just a disabled guy. Oh, he likes hugging. Oh, good for him. But when I abandon with me, I don't know why or how, but I got treated with so much respect that people saw me as a human being. And I, that's something I'm never going to forget, and I hope to never lose. And I make it a point that when I go out in my hometown, anywhere in Canada or in the world, because I go over the place, that I'm... I am my disability, anyone's disability, it doesn't define us. And honestly, I'm international day with with disabilities. We have to realize that we are all human beings. Yes, we may talk funny, we may not be able to do stuff, we may need help eating or drinking or doing whatever. We are all, we are all one. We have to embrace who we are. And if we do that, it's my goal that one day society will, they won't see the evil problem. They won't see what's a good disability. They won't see any type of disability. They'll see Alice. They'll see Stuart. They'll see but there's the human. So that's my mission in life is to get the best of myself, but also 
Alex, and again, thank you for being so so candid and so open to talk about some of the mental challenges that you are now dealing with with the loss of Fanta. And I can't help but go back to a comment that you said, Alex, that before Fanta, when people would look at you, they would see somebody in a power chair, somebody who has a disability, and that would be how they would, would look at you. And, and to your point, when you were with your, your partner in life at that point, Fanta, and you would be out in public, that they would see you as you know you are, but they would see you as somebody different, as a human being, somebody being able to accomplish things. How is it that you had such a great relationship with Fanta? You know, from the first day I met her in, in the school in Ontario, uh, we just had a bond. She knew me better than I knew myself. Mm. And uh, everything we did, it was just, it was like do best friends. And you know, the thing is, uh, like going in public, if you wouldn't want to if I had a mental disability, you know, that was one thing. But if you wanted to talk to me and say, I opened my mouth and I said, Hi, how are you doing today? If they didn't understand me, before that, it was a real struggle for people to understand me. And if if I was having a rough day talking, the conversation was going away. But I don't know when or how or why. But when I had that with me, I I was calm and I I thought I thought great. You know, my anxiety was down and if someone didn't understand me. It was almost like Fanta showed them what I was saying. And it was just we had this amazing relationship where she would always put me at ease. I remember this one time I was going up town. And I got to talk in the snowbank. And I had Fanta with me. And the snow was blowing and it was cold. And I live in a small town. So there wasn't nobody else. And uh, instead of being sad and nervous and not knowing what was going to happen next, Fanta just put a hand on my lap, jumped up on me, gave me a kiss and said, Don't worry, that will be me. And if she was to help, and someone can call me out, she always took away my pain, either physical or mental. And that's something I'll never, ever forget. Mm-hmm. Well, for to, to have that kind of a relationship, Alex, uh, with Fanta, to know that, uh, you know, as you know, I, I for those of you that are they're listening, Winnipegosis, as you say, is not a very large place. So, you know, if you get snuck in a snowbank, it's not that there's a lot of traffic around. So, no. you know, to have Fanta be in a position to basically assure you everything is fine and to go get help and to make sure that uh, you're you were kept safe. I'm just hearing you tell the story, Alex, and I, I, I must tell you, I get I get goosebumps because to have that kind of a relationship with an animal that becomes your soulmate. And, you know, I don't know if you want to say that uh, the language of a dog is barking. I'm not sure if that's uh, the dogs might not appreciate me saying that, 
But, you know, your language was one that wasn't spoken. Your language was one that you understood each other before a word was even mentioned. Yes, we did. Even I didn't have to tell her to do something. I just looked at her, depending on the time of day or what I was doing. And she was going to do it. If I needed my hat, I didn't have to say, go get my hat. I just looked at her and said, she didn't know. And, and it's that type of relationship that I strive to have with my disability. You know, I mean, I know that may sound funny, but me and Civil Bobby, we used to be arch enemies. The ZB used to try and get the best of me, and I used to want to be Mr. Marshall Man and show people that YCB, oh, it's not who I am. But it wasn't until my early 20s when I realized, what the hell am I doing here? I don't have to argue. I don't have to play with my disability. So I know this is a goofy, but one day I was sitting at the table with a cup of coffee, and I said, okay, CP, you don't like me, I don't like you, but together we can be a pretty unstoppable force. So how about we try and learn from each other, and you can teach me, and I'll teach you. Because my disability has taught me so much. And one of the things that I am always grateful for because of CV is my inner strength. There are days to do it. Well, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to try. Everything I do is difficult. I have limited hunger. I have pain up and down my body. I, you know, I, I talk funny sometimes, and everything I do is a battle. And honestly, there are sometimes when I just want to say, you know what, ZB, you win. You know you win, I give up. But then after a few minutes, I, I think, no, today, today is the day where I want to show the world that no matter how, how miserable life for me, how painful, how dark, there's always a way to come. Well, I'll talk. But I both have me. And together, me and my discipline, we work together to get the most out of me. So I'm not telling people how to feel, but if you have a disability, mental, physical, whatever disability, yeah, I'm not telling you what to do, but take the time to get to know it. If you do that, you may have a better life. And I, I love the way that you phrased that, Alex, about you were sitting having coffee uh, at the table, and as you refer to cerebral palsy as CP, uh, as you say, you know, you don't like CP, you're not going to get, you don't have any time for CP. But you figured, okay, if I have CP, let's find a way to to get along and see how we can kind of work through this whole process together. For the able-bodied people in your audience, think of it like this. We all have a boss that we might not like. We might have a co-worker. <laughs> co- 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 maybe even a, 
a family member that we're not the most fond of. But you know what? Everybody teaches us something along the way. So take the time. Even if you don't like them, you always have to pay attention. You never know what they manage for you to make your life easier. Yeah, well, I would say, Alex, just to be clear, when you say that uh, everybody has a boss that they don't like, I would have to say in your situation, my friend, that you are the boss of CP. Well, thank you. I, I'm every day that's my goal, but I'll be honest, some days it's not easy. We go out pretty good, but I like to think that most days I do come on, on top. Oh, you're on top. You are on top, my friend. Um, I appreciate that. Alex, I was going to ask you quickly, did you get Fanta to become a Toronto Maple Leaf fan? I, I did. You know what to do? Every game we watched, I, I would say, like, oh, Canada. And as soon as I would say, start singing, Fanta would sing along with me. <laughs> so every game, we would sing, oh, Canada. Excellent. That's amazing. Alex, if we could maybe talk a little about some of the things that you are actively involved in, in particular, you are an ambassador for Manitoba Possible. Yes. What What does that involve, Alex? Well, Manitoba Possible is a wonderful organization that helps people um, with physical or indoor disabilities. And what my job is, my post, I represent Manitoba Possible. I go over the province. I thought this group organizations, children, CEOs, basically everybody involved in Manitoba Possible. It's just a good word about what they do and how they help me over the years. For me, I've been involved with Manitoba Possible for over 30 years. And during that time, they've helped me with funding for college. Uh, they helped me with my power there. They give me the funding for laptops, um, medical equipment. The list can go on and on. And it's a wonderful organization that welcomes anyone of all ways in this very the main goal of my little is to create an inclusive society where everybody who's disabled can enjoy their life the best they can. And the thing that's really awesome about my little is they treat everyone individually. And I know I talked about that before, but what I mean by that is, um, I have CP. It affects my motor skills and my my voice once in a while. But my mental capability is just fine. Easy. But another person that may have CP, they may be physically able but not mentally capable. And every disability, although it has the same name, everyone's okay. Case is a little bit different. And the really amazing thing about matters over Barzo is they treat everyone. They know 
how to get the most out of everybody, no matter what type of discipline they have. And they, they value so much hope and joy that you feel like anything is possible. Yeah, and it's a great uh, it's a great name. And I I had a nice email back and forth with the chief executive officer of Manitoba Possible, Dane Erickson, I guess, who obviously is a big fan of yours. Also, Alex, speaking of big fans, by the way, I just have to throw this in because, again, I'll put I'll post this in the show notes, Alex. But I went on to your um, your website for your company called Willpower Media, and you got a couple of testimonials there from a few people, one of them being Ron McLean. Everybody that knows anything about so many things in Canada, Ron McLean is iconic. And I gathered he came over to your place and shared some pickles and beer. Yeah, he did. Uh, way back in the day, um, they all, I mean, when it was within this need of repair. And we needed to raise a lot of money for the renovations. So, my family, I had this idea. I've always been a big fan of Ron McLean. So I emailed him to him who I was. He decided to come out to one of the closest. And we had a sports there in Austin. And that, that day, that night, we raised $18,000 for the week wow. in one of the closest. And you know, the really cool thing, one of the closest cool things about Ron. What was in hell, my cause, was on me, everything for free. He usually charges, well, this is a while back, but he usually $12,000 to come out and, you know, do everything. But when he heard about my story, he decided to do everything for free. So I think that's pretty amazing that somebody of Canadian history was taking the time away his day by all the way to Winnipeg Roses. It's been almost two days in the community and we had a great time. Well, I think in fairness, Alex, you're being very modest. Uh, Ron McLean does have a fee. He's highly uh, respected, highly regarded uh, speaker on so many levels. Uh, I've heard him speak to corporations and he's just excellent. And the fact is, he deserves a fee because he's very good. Now, in your case, he would come to Winnipeg Osis to help raise $80,000 for the facility there. And as you say, he did it for free. And I think he did it for free because of his respect and his admiration for you. Well, thank you. And if I may, I got to make one credit. It was 18000 18000 18, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, well, sorry. yeah. No, no, that's fine. My mistake. I, I heard 80, but 18, it's still a, a tremendous amount of money. Tell me a little bit about why you decided to start your own business called Willpower Media. One of the main reasons why was all my life I've been around disabled people. And there's a very small minority of us that want want more than what we have. Too many times. In my life, I've seen disabled people who have always potential, and they just don't want it. Now, that's for several reasons. One, maybe their parents are nervous and don't want to let them go. Or two, maybe they have ambition 
but they just don't know how to do it. And you know, one of the things that used to be part of me is when I see someone who is physically disabled and they at least have or they wear one balance, you know, all the you know, for me that happens with two one, either they can they get they get they get the help isn't doing the best job or if they hate themselves don't want to get the most out of it. So why why is why is it with the scientists that we're probably which is your people like no matter no matter how disabled you are, you can always do what you want to do. And I feel I have a way of connecting with people. And I, I have a good sense of humor and what is it about people I Nowadays, me and my business partner can decide to start with Bamiya. And what we're Bamiya is, it's a multi lay company, and we do some social media, we do uh, social events, I do speaking engagements, I do podcasts. I also, something I'm very proud of is can I, my video series, can I come in? Now, you may be wondering, what do you mean can I come in? What we can I come in is, it's a video series where me and Ken go around the businesses all over Canada, hopefully when they over the world, and we video make video reviews about, about the accessibility. And we do events, like we will give in like where the automatic presence of this. Uh, we will get how big the washrooms are. Because there's so many times where they say, I have to the washroom. There's so many things that I as a male Disabled individual, I have to think about one. If I have a female helper um, with me, well, which bathroom do I go in? Right. Do I go in? Do I go in the male bathroom or do I go in the female? Bathroom? So it's very challenging. And then so and once we decide what bathroom we're going, then we look at. Well, how big is the bathrooms? The bathrooms, no. Because so many times, the people who design these bathrooms do not have a disability. No, I want to I wanna paint a picture for the audience. They say, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, I need help. So I got somebody with me. And I also have a power to and when Vandu was done with me, I had, uh, I had Vandu do. So, how the heck do all, all of us fit in the bathroom stall that is supposed to be accessible? Really, the only difference is the toilet is moved over 
And this doll is a little bit wider. We're still hanging out close the door. So it's things like that that we, we do video reviews and then I, I give a rating and go from there. So you are basically the title of your, on your willpower media, you've got the question that's posed saying, can I come in? And you talk about accessibility matters. And when you make a paint, as you say, Alex, when you paint a picture that you need to use a washroom and you have at that time a, a female helper, and I know that uh, Karen is there with you and she's been there with you for quite some time, Karen, hello. But when you have a female helper and you're out in public and you have to make a decision, which washroom do you use? How do you decide that, Alex? And what do you do? Well, I ideally is a family bathroom. It doesn't matter which I think. And they have But if there is no family bathroom, then I... Then I go in the female bathroom because I, I don't want to make Karen uncomfortable. So it's just something I do. I go in, I do my business, and I get as best I can. <laughs> but it's, yeah. not, it's not the most ideal situation, but if I have no other choice, you know, you got to go somewhere. <laughs> Well, I, I know, Alex, and again, I, I, I love your spirit and energy on this, but you do make a very good point. And I do think eventually, you know, and slowly but surely, Alex, with advocates like you and others, and hopefully those of us that are not in chairs, but have relationships with people like you that have a position of responsibility or authority or can talk about when you're designing a washroom Frankly, you know, family washrooms are becoming much more uh, compatible, much more every day. And so that it's not about putting pressure on people that may be in a chair, that might be a male in a chair with a female helper. Uh, You know, you're going into a family. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that, as you say, to quote you, when you got to go, you got to go. And, you know, that just makes it more uh, humane, right, from a human rights perspective. Yeah, exactly. And so we, yeah, the name of your podcast is amazing. And the reason I say that is because I feel Canada does not treat uh, disabled people with human rights. And the reason I say that is because um, uh, in Manitoba, uh, I myself am not covered under the bottom of person ad. And the only reason is is because I do not have an intellectual disability. Now, say I did have an intellectual disability, I would get 24 hours a day home care service. I would get housing. My life would be a lot better than it is now. But because I'm not under the act, I only get 10 hours of help per day. And the other 14 hours, I'm alone. And it's not easy for me at all. I, I get a certain amount of funding every two weeks from the government. But that only happens if I was just hours a day. So it's my goal, and before I die, to try and get 20 bucks again. 
And if I don't get it before I pass, then I want to get it for someone else. For someone else. Because the way I live now, it's wonderful and I do all this stuff. But it, my body and mind are falling apart. And with those dramatic change soon, it's only going to get worse. So I feel, I, I've been putting pressure on local, provincial, and federal government to change the ads and to see my situation as unique. I've been trying for 17 years to get more camp. I have not been successful as of yet, but I will not stop until something changes. So, Alex, let me try and and just make sure I understand what you're saying, because you're telling me that you don't qualify as a vulnerable person. And because you don't qualify as a vulnerable person, they give you 10 hours worth of funding a day. Yeah, and that's all I get. And if if I into intellectual disability, then I'd be under the ass. But because my IQ, my IQ is too high, I get punished. Right. Because your IQ is too high, you get punished. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just bizarre, to say the least. But thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being an advocate for it and something more that we all need to talk about and learn from you. Uh, did you want to make a comment, Alex, about, uh, we talked about this just uh, kind of in the lead up to this about medically assisted in dying MAID, the MAID program. Yeah, and I do want to talk about it. Thank you for bringing that up. And you think I, I need more funding, more homegrown funding. I need to live. And every door I open and go down to try and get No, 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 no. You know what? After 17 years, I put it in. We think no, no, and seeing their body fall, but you know what the sad thing is to it. If I was to, to go to my daughter, it's rain to them that I have pain all the time. My my disability is only getting worse. My mental state is not the best. I will be approved in ten days. Were made better courses and nice. And to me, excuse my language, but that really pisses me off because instead of providing me with the funding they need, I need to live a full life. The government stick a needle in my hand and call it done because they see me as a nuisance and I call in their eyes. I cost too much. And to me, there is actually no price on life. And so it's something that I'm very passionate about. Not the aspect of me itself, but the fact that the, the government will be more happy to see me go on to the next world instead of be a success in this world. And sure, I've done. A lot in my life, and I'm very proud of it. And I couldn't do it without the people by my side. But uh, not to brag, 
בעין כאבוך, אז זה אומר שמורה. אינו אומרים לי, באפס זה עובד, הוא זה מלמדה. And Alex, have you been quite active on that debate? I know that it's uh, been uh, discussed in the federal parliament. I know it's also there's a provincial issue around that. Have you been quite active in that conversation, in that debate? You know, I I haven't been, uh, but you know, I don't want to go into detail at this time, but there's something that happened in my life most recently that really, well, you know what, no, I'm going, what happened is I applied for one home care. Yeah. And the way, the way you do that is you go to the mental health appeal board and they have It's the way my case, and I told them everything I do. I told them about my family, physical, mental health, and I we had like a two-hour hearing, and I just found out a couple of weeks ago that they denied me any increase in hours. So all I see in the news nowadays is made and help it make it easier for people with physical disabilities. It really annoys me. So I haven't been that vocal for it, but I want to show you all you that this is a great passion of mine now because I feel like I'm one of the people that could make a difference, but I'm also one of the people that the government would love to see go away. Just, I ain't going, I ain't going away so, yeah. yeah, no, I, you are not going to go away, Alex. And uh, thank you again for being so candid and sharing that. And it's got to be, I don't know what the wording is, why when you have a uh, go to the appeal to talk about your issue and what your request is and why you get denied, uh, you know, I find that to be troubling. You know, You know, we were in a pandemic, and it's awful. I'm not taking nothing away from the pandemic. That's all issue itself. But during the pandemic, there was all kinds of money for, for, for all kinds of different things. For masks, for syrup, for, you know, and that's great. And that's what the government should do in the time of need. But what really annoys me is the pandemic. When people come to government with legitimate uh, problems, all they want to do is show people's eyes, and they don't want to. They don't want to hear the real story. And yeah, so, but like I said, I'm not gonna stop. And if I make a story, I just want to share with the audience something I've I've learned along the way, and it comes. But my, uh, one of my favorite hockey players, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, and the quote is, you miss 100% of the shots you don't know, take. And to me, I live by that quote every day. And I try to take as many shots as I can. And some of them I miss, 
as I wasn't going, so you never know what's going to happen. And always be positive, no matter what. Yeah, and and Alex, I I will forgive you for quoting a former Edmonton Oiler there, but uh, Wayne Gretzky's a pretty amazing hockey player, and uh, yeah, his quote about you always miss a hundred shot, hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So you've taken a lot of shots, you continue to do so, Alex. You have been uh, a wonderful guest uh, on this Humans on Rights podcast. I knew I would learn a tremendous amount from you, Alex, and thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for sharing and being so honest and being so open about some of your challenges. But what's more important is, I think, your ability to overcome those, to talk about the possibilities, to talk about the being a disability advocate, because you take tremendous pride in that. It shows you're out in the community, you're making a difference. And I'm going to give the last word to you, Alex, but I did want to quote you from your website that uh, on your website, you say, and you close by saying, it's my goal to show the world how to embrace their own willpower and individual possibilities. Talk soon, Alex Litwin. Alex, thank you very, very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Well, thank you. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Humans on Rights. A transcript of this episode is available by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. Humans on Rights is recorded and hosted by Stuart Murray. Social media marketing by Buffy Davey. Music by Doug Edmond. For more, go to humanrightshub.ca. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.